Yes, you are now listening to the sounds of Sports Reports is ordered. And unlike Nicole Hartman, we are easy to find. Let's give a clap real quick. Jordan Love didn't even throw a pick yesterday. But while we're talking about these milk cartons, has anybody seen the Pittsburgh Steelers offense? He left it on campus. He left it but, on the tech campus. <laughs> I am 2-5. And, of course, I got the one and only world-famous backing him down with his foot on their neck. Mr. Logical. Yeah. Jersey's in the house. He already told me that Rutgers going to beat Maryland this weekend. Be you know building. what I'm saying? We'll see. But, yo. Scarlet Knights. <laughs> we up in here. Monday Night Football. Chiefs, Eagles, Super Bowl rematch, 7-7 second quarter. We doing the Black Manning cast in here. What's good? Holla. Happy Thanksgiving and happy holidays out there to y'all. We coming at y'all once this week, so we got picks tonight. But We're you not know eating we pumpkin pie this weekend. I am. I'm eating pumpkin sweet pie, sweet potato, potato pie. pie. I'm eating it all. And you got to have a Cool Whip, too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you know what? If I don't have my cool whip, that'll be a get it off my chest. You know what I'm saying? But for the time being, get it off my chest. Start now. Yeah, so like I told Mike in our pre-meet, I'm going to keep it simple. I want to shout out the Northern Burlington Junior Greyhounds football teams. All four teams <laughs> made the playoffs. Mm -hmm. At home playoff game last week. I worked the announcement booth. They called me the voice. Now, I mean, I'm out there getting it in, playing the music. I'm giving the kids, oh, no, giving them nicknames. Uh, yeah. So, you know, having a good time. But all four teams won their playoff game last week. So now they're in the conference championship round. That's this weekend. So two games were in dramatic fashion, onside kicks and fourth down stops and goal line interceptions. And I mean, it just was crazy. Uh, one game with the overtime at zero, zero. I mean, it was probably the most exciting zero, zero game I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh shit. They out there acting the, like Iowa, huh? Yo, from the 20 to the 20, <laughs> both teams could do no wrong, either offensively or defensively from the 20 to the 20, they were making plays everywhere, all over the field, making plays. Running, rolling to the right, <laughs> throwing back left across the field, deep routes. I mean, it was crazy. Get to the 20, holding face mask. They did something to mess it up for themselves. And then in overtime, our team finally prevailed and, and fought through. So shout out to Northern Rose Junior Greyhounds. So rooting for them. All four teams make the playoffs, three home games, one road game, then the championship the week after that. So that's my get off my chest is a positive one. Good luck, fellas. I'll see y'all Saturday. Congrats, young fellas. You know, uh, get it off my chest. I ain't really have one, so I'm just going to make up something on the spot. We was watching this Monday night football game, and my guy Sneed for the Chiefs came up with the interception. He was gathering himself. You know, he, he fell, caught the ball, was tucking it in. He rolled, and his leg just happened to touch A.J. Brown's leg, who was standing right next to him. And I think A.J. Brown didn't touch him on purpose. Well, he wasn't trying to touch him on purpose. Because Sneed got up, A.J. Brown ended up stripping the ball, you know, fumble.
But, you know, they reviewed it and everything ended up Kansas City ball. And I was upset because I was sitting there like, I know the, I know, I understand the rule and everything. It's been around forever. But look, my whole thing is if you're going to call somebody down by contact, can the defender, or in this case, the offensive player, can AJ Brown make an attempt to touch Sneed versus Sneed rolling into his leg? And because he's on the ground, he's ruled down by contact. Like, where is the intent? You don't need intent. I need intent. You need contact. Just like just like when you go to court, right? You know, like there's intent. There's there's you know, was this self defense? Was this you just being a criminal? It's, there's intent involved. If you cause an accident, you don't need intent. Hey, you caused his accident. You didn't intend to, but you did it. So you don't need intent. He rolled over. He got too close. Legs touched. Down by contact. He stripped the ball out, which is good on him. And it looks like Philly made up for it by getting their own interception in the end zone. Um, dumb. But hey. Yeah, it was a dumb throw. But it's a no, dumb but, rule. But like I said, I like it because the same thing happened last night. And the Buffalo Jets game. Granted, that game wasn't close, and it was never going to be close. It was never a big deal. But Garrett Wilson fumbled, was recovered. The safety's toe was on Garrett Wilson's elbow when he was on the ground. But he had gotten up. He laddered it to Poyer. Poyer ran around, scored a touchdown. So... Granted, that game was never really in balance, never really in doubt because the Jets have their own issues. But you got to call it fair. You got to call it straight up because Dumb. it it can impact the game to the point where if you go by the if you give it a gray area, because we were having that. Remember with the reviews for the pass interference when they did that a couple of years ago. No referee is going to look at that and say, "Oh well." They went with the call. They were going to stick with the call. I think it was something like 90-something percent they stuck with the pass interference call. Like, the NBA is getting a little better because some of their stuff is so obvious. It's like, yeah, so-and-so didn't touch the ball going out of bounds. They can be like, okay. But the foul calls, they rarely reverse those because that's the gray area. So they're going to stick with what they stick to. I think the down-by contact is like, boom, no ambiguity. This is it. That way they can't butcher it. Because if you do no, but like butcher it, they'll butcher it. No, but like, okay, so like, like the the scenario that I mentioned was like, okay, so if you're going, if the quarterback is throwing a bomb, Randy Moss style, and you go up for the ball, I'm the defender, and I go up, and I reach and get the interception, and in midair, you know, whatever, our bodies are touching because we're both trying to get the ball, I hit the ground, I understand that, but literally, he just rolled, and A.J. Brown was standing there, like if A.J. Brown was not standing there, he gets up and he runs a little bit further or whatever the case may be. So like, so like that's why I mentioned intent from the standpoint of like, if, if you're going to call me down by contact, <laughs> then make the defender or make the dude contact me. There was no yeah, contact. But, he just rolled into his shin. Like it was that's like the case. If you, if you allow for, if you allow for the gray area to be argued, then you're going to have to allow for a challenge. And AJ Brown say, I didn't intend I'm fine with that. on trying to touch him. So well, AJ Brown literally like was stepping away from him because he didn't want to touch him. So, so he just stripped the football. So now who's to say, oh, well, you got close enough. So 
you knew there was a likelihood you could touch him. So now you're just getting into likelihoods and mishigash and being gobsmacked and all the other words. No, it's like, like it's like, no, like, like football, like all these dumb rules make me mad. Just like, you know, the, the running back, you know, or the quarterback crossing the goal line, you know, all he has to do is put the ball out there. The receiver's got to do a somersault. He's got to like buy groceries. He's got to no, call an Uber. Are, are you know, he's got to get up without. Those are two different scenarios. Just like the, the just like the Calvin jo- just like the Calvin Johnson touchdown. The Calvin Johnson play was awful. I agree, that it was awful. But the reason that they had to change is because that call was a gray area. See what I'm saying? There See, wasn't no gray area. It was a catch. No. Because no one had ever even heard of that until that day. No one had heard of that. Like, I had been watching football. For, at that, This probably was like, we'll call it, what, seven years ago, eight years ago, maybe? Something it was like a, that, yeah. Because the dead year was 2014. I think it was that season. So it gave it 10 years. Damn, that's a long time. Maybe we get old. So it was like 10 years. I had never heard. Like, <laughs> I, I had never heard of that. That I never heard that phrase. On a on a football field from a referee and his explanation, it was like going to the ground. I was like, I thought it was a catch or a catch. It was incomplete. I remember remember when the um remember the push out. Mm-hmm. If a wide receiver, if the referee believed that the receiver would have gotten his foot down in bounds, they would have called it a catch. See now that's, that's gray area. area. Yeah, and that's gray area because that depends on if the ref believes. Because I see some catches where like who's real good on what their toes. Calvin Ridley, he's really good at getting his toes. And uh, Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton, really good at getting their feet down. Mm-hmm. Some of that, some of those catches that they make. Who else made a catch uh, a few weeks ago? Jordan Addison mm-hmm. against the, against Atlanta. He made a catch where he was getting pushed out of bounds by the safety who was coming across full speed and still got both toes down. Mm-hmm. So if you're a referee in 1997. And some guys could make that catch, and he doesn't get his feet down. Like, oh, I don't think he would have been able to get his feet down because that was too much. Oh, got another flag? No. And Kelsey uh, out here cold. looking like a damn giant. <laughs> but uh, but no, like so so like this is my thing though. Like so that was the so like I think like, I think the more and more we can get away from the gray area, even if you don't like it, at least let both teams have the same advantage and every game have the same advantage and or disadvantage. So it's like, we don't like it, but at least it's the same. At least it could be called. It was called the same way last yeah, night. We'll just all be wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> the same. Like I said, if it was, if it got called differently last night versus tonight, that would be the problem. Nah, I just like, like I said, like, it's one thing if you're both trying to make a play, you you inadvertently touch or whatever, we call you down. But like AJ Brown, literally, he literally stood there like this because he didn't to want to touch him. He didn't want to touch him. You know what I mean? So like anyway, but yeah, I just didn't like that. You know what I mean? Like just like you know, I mean obviously like when you get into the NBA, for example, we get into like these flagrant fouls. You know, or like, what's a foul? Like uh, a couple years ago, back in the day, Roy Hibbert time, you know, they used to do the thing where they raised their arms up and they would call it verticality, like no foul. Like you went straight up, you know, you didn't swipe down or whatever the case. So it's not a foul. I guess they got rid of that. Like, you know what I mean? Because now these offensive players don't have no intent on making a shot at all. You know, so they just go to fling themselves at you. Yeah. You know, and they get the foul call, even if you still go straight up. With your hands, like you know, so I mean, I don't know, I I, I don't know, like 
Sports is just off the chain right now. I don't know. Yeah, like, it's a little yeah. different, but I but they worked out the the rip through move, the Kevin Durant move. They took that out so guys couldn't get three free throws. My my main issue as we you know as we transition to our next topic, but real quick with the NBA, I don't like when players offensively, offensive stars are on their end of the floor begging for calls. Begging for every time they get touched to get called. Fast break. And then when they get called, but not them personally, but their team gets called for a foul on the other end, they get all aggravated. It's like, you guys are all literally calling for fouls. So eventually, they're going to get called on either end. So if you just went out there and played, like I think if these players played through contact, you would probably get you probably have the same amount of foul calls, but you'd get way less whining. You might mm-hmm. even get more. You some of these guys might average like maybe four, maybe five more points if they just went to the rim with the intent of I'm gonna play through this Roy Hibbert vertical. You know, instead of trying to get two free throws, I'm gonna just play to get to the rim. Dwayne Wade, because I'm a, like I'm a short dude. When I play basketball, I'm like I wouldn't call a foul unless you hit my arm as I'm trying to lay the ball up. Like if what you bump me, I'm expecting the bump. Like I'm right, I'm driving to you. You're trying to defend your hoop. I'm going this way. I expect you to. I expect contact. So like I'm good with the contact. Just don't hit me in the face and don't hit my arm. Yeah, I, I think. think um, I remember. You know, I think it might have been Game Three. I forget which year it was, but it was the Celtics against the Heat. And at halftime, they interviewed Rondo. And you know, they're like, "You guys are getting out in transition. Like, what's the difference tonight?" And he was like, "They down here arguing with the refs every time." You know, so they just push the ball, you know, and, you know, and that's where like, you know, get off my lawn. You know, that's where us old guys were like, hey, the NBA was tough. Now, obviously, they was doing some extra stuff, but but yeah. but, but, but we they were, like, were doing the same. All all the scores and shooters back then were arguing just as much as it's now. No, no, I, I, no, I, no, no, I know. But, but, all day but, long. Yeah. No, but what I mean is just like. Like back then, you knew going into their going into the pit. You know, you knew there was going to be contact. You knew you were going to get hit. Like, like yeah. I said, they, like I said, they they were extra to be with six it. Dudes, it used to be six guys on the floor in the NBA that couldn't shoot a lick. Yeah, out of ten dudes on the floor, it was about five to six that just they were like like hockey with enforcers. Those dudes were not even looking at the net. Yo, they speaking weren't of the NBA, pass, nothing. Speaking they were out the there M- just to hit. Speaking of the NBA, I need people to get it together. So I was at the UTSA game the other day. You know, uh, shout out to the Roadrunners, you know, 49-21 win over USF. And, uh, you know, I was I was in the bathroom going to the urinal. And this dude, like, comes in. You know, he comes up to the urinal right beside me, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then he goes, holy shit, dude. Like, I thought you were Bruce Bowen for a second. And like, <laughs> like six, seven. I know. I was like, I need y'all people to get it together, bro. Like, that dude is like a foot taller than me. Like, <laughs> I need y'all to get over it. It can't be Bruce Bowen, Darius Rucker. If he touched it with Kenny Smith while sitting down, don't maybe. you start that shit again. <laughs> Yo, dog, but, like, <laughs> I put the I put the podcast on in the barbershop. They said, "Man, he looked like somebody's already on TV." I'm like, "This dude." They were like, "Yeah." 
<laughs> yo, Bruce Bowen. I'm like Bruce. You got Bowen. my wife. You got my own wife calling me Kenny Smith and shit. You yo, I'm, I'm telling you, you look <laughs> and sound like Kenny Smith. Nah, all Kenny you gotta is... do is put a suit on you. Hey, you walk bow legged. You know what I'm saying? It. Shave all my shit. But yeah, uh, but yo, you know what I'm saying? It's Thanksgiving week. That means we got more football. And of so course, cool. I will be taking my talents up to Jerry World, you know, to watch the team formerly known as the Commanders, known as the Ain't Shits right now. <laughs> then you got uh, San Francisco and Seattle that night, you know, first place in the NFC West on the line. We got Detroit, Green Bay. And then... For the first time ever, we got a Black Friday game. You know, the Jets against uh, the Dolphins with Tim Boyle. Tim discount quarterback Boyle. in the game. Dude, this dude has three touchdowns and nine interceptions in his career. You know, in 18 games in college at UConn, he had one touchdown and 13 interceptions. Then he went to FCS, and I guess he did all right. You know, he ended up in the NFL somehow. And I'm sitting up here like there had to been a better quarterback out there somewhere. I'm going to check something real quick. You know, but touchdown, Travis Kelsey. You know, so Chiefs going for the extra point right now. 145 left in the second quarter. The kick is up. It is good. 14-7. Champs. 6'4", 234. Boyle? Yeah. Oh, that's why he got drafted? That's not, I don't think he, I don't think he had. I, I mean, but he probably didn't get drafted. But yeah, yeah, he he. But he fit the prototype. He fit the prototype. Big, tall, strong quarterback. Probably smart, cerebral, real gym rat. You know all the all the uh, attributes they assigned. Well, he gonna need all that, of that on Friday. Yeah, man, he gonna throw like three picks. They gonna put Zach Wilson back in the game. Oh, geez, you know. But uh, yeah, you know. So I like I asked in the intro. Where is the Steelers' offense? What in the world has happened to the Pittsburgh Steelers? Uh, Kenny Pickett's last football highlight was that fake slide in college. <laughs> well, no, that I'm not, I can't get let you slide with that. Give I can't one. let you slide with that. Give me one. Just like five weeks ago, you threw a go route. Yeah, that and was, beat the Ravens. The game with the touchdown. It was the it was one on one coverage and a zero like. You got to be able to – all you got to do is throw it up. It wasn't like he threw it in the tight coverage. He the Peter man can't make that throw. Yo, he can make it, he can make it <laughs> one, one out of ten times. Yeah, Kenny Pickett has – Kenny Pickett has a game-winning touchdown this season. Yeah, Baker Mayfield had a couple of those too. <laughs> it's, it's, make, it's upsetting me because – I feel this way about a lot because I was talking about this early when Sam Howell was struggling. It's like, man, I feel like some of these players out here not realizing that their play is going to get somebody fired. Some kid is going <laughs> to have to move out of their school because you can't study your iPad and figure out when it's, you know, where not to throw the ball. Yeah. You can't understand the game plan that you're going to get a coach fired. Now, I've seen some situations where the coach makes bad decisions and it's like, like we could talk about the Seattle Rams ending oh. when you got when you got the completion of DK Metcalf, it's first and ten from the thirty-one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you probably they probably could have clocked it about twenty-seven seconds. Would you think? Because I think the play started at forty-two. Mm -hmm. So they they ran the clock, snapped it at forty-two seconds, pass completed down. They get up there, real like realistically. NFL quarterback, you can get a clock by 28. 
Now you had a 48-yard field goal. I think it was like close to 50. I think it was at the 33-yard line. Now I got 27 seconds. They let it run and then ran an inside zone handoff. They got nothing. I'm like, well, hell, clock it now then. At least clock it and then mm-hmm. run another. Like, because realizing, because I get the inside zone handoff. If you get six yards on it, bet. Clock it, bring out the field goal unit. But you got nothing on it. Well, that, like they like, they ran a field goal unit out there as if that strategy worked versus it didn't work. Clock it. Well, let's let's get the third down. Well, not to switch to college football, but just for a quick yeah. second, you know, my Beavers, you know, that were supposed to beat Washington, held Washington scoreless in the second half. They get the ball back down 22-20 with about seven minutes left. I even texted you. I was like down to seven minutes left. Time for the beeves to go make me look like a genius. And they literally looked like they had a 10-point lead. And, you know, so they started at like the like at like the 14 or something like that. And they ran five minutes off the clock and were like just getting to midfield and didn't get it on fourth down. And now all Washington got to do is run out the clock because you didn't have any urgency. To go get points. Like the Jeff Saturday Colts Steelers game last year. Yeah. When you had the ball two minutes, 30 seconds left on yes on and you acting like you winning. And you got nothing out of it. You know, but anyway, back to the NFL. So yeah, like uh so Seattle definitely blew that. They got San Francisco, like I said, on Thursday night. Luckily for them, the game is in Seattle. We'll see what happens. But you know, but as I was watching the NFL this weekend, there were a couple of things that stood out for me. And, you know, one of them is like, I can't remember the last time. And of course, I got to talk about my own team. I can't remember the last time I saw a team lose three fumbles in the same game. (laughs) Like you might fumble and recover it yourself a couple of times, but that's pretty hard to lose three fumbles. Three different players? Well, (laughs) Kansas City lost. How many they didn't lose? They just dropped well, passes against. Yeah, they Detroit dropped passes. One. Yeah, and and well, they had the pick six. That was about it, you know. But that uh, went off their hands in a drop. Yeah, to Brian Branch. Yep, and then uh, but six turnovers total for Washington at home against a team that's averaging a, that was a lab, averaging eleven point eight points a game, and you didn't let them score more than that twice this season. So, yeah. Uh, the other this thing is the same team that averaged 31 points against Philly. It don't make sense. Don't like, make I sense. mean, well, well, you know, there is a thing like, you know, sometimes in sports, certain teams just have your number, you know, styles, like, styles, big yeah, fights. Like, like, I don't know if you remember this, but you know, back when my guy, the late great Kobe Bryant was, you know, still running around the NBA, there was a point where they had lost 18 straight to the Bobcats. What? You know, yeah. It was like, why, how does that even happen? You know, Gerald Wallace and them was giving it to him, I guess. You know, but, uh, you know, the other thing that stood out to me. Did Chicago blow that game on purpose? <laughs> I text. I, my dad texted me because what was I? I was in here. I was doing homework. I had a game on TV, but I was doing my homework and I had a game on the iPad. And I looked up and I think the last thing I had saw. The Bears were up like 23 14. Is that or 20 mm-hmm. like 23 yeah. 14? Yeah, then so they I got a field goal to make it 26 to 14. Yep. 
so I saw that, then finished up my homework, got in the car, had to take my son somewhere. My dad texted me. He was like, who gets fired first? And let me see who who he texted me to make sure I would get it right. Because I was like, what happened? Yeah, because Jared Goff was playing awful. Like, you know. Yeah, um, they got three picks my, out of him. Yeah, my homeboy, uh, you know, that was playing fantasy football. At He's one like, point during the game, he texted me and said, Jared Goff has negative 2.3 points right now. He was like, who gets fired tomorrow? Coach Rivera, Staley, or Eberflus? And I was, and my response was, like, did Chicago lose? <laughs> like I said, I was out. And he was like, yes. So, yes, they did. And, my and, they, gave, and like, they had a safety at the end just because. <laughs> I was like, Chicago wants to play well enough. This is what I told him. Like, Chicago wants to play well enough to look like a good team for, for a coach. So when they fire Eberflus, they can convince Harbaugh or Kingsbury or, you know, whoever to come join him. Like, listen, we got a good squad. We think you're the guy to get us over the hump. I think that's that's what I'm feeling. Chicago is like I think they're good with the loss. It's just kind of mm-hmm. like how San Antonio's playing right now. I think San Antonio's <laughs> good with figuring it out. Like we'll get the basketball, figuring it out, and then adding a piece this off season that maybe bring in another. You know, just to be enticing because some teams are so bad. Like I don't know what Arizona. Uh, Kansas City dropping passes again. But anyway. Like, uh, I don't think Arizona is appealing to anyone because well, unless they get sure Caleb Williams, keep... Unless they get Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley. Or at least get, I think Chicago gets the number one pick, second, like maybe third or fourth or something like that. And then mm-hmm. Arizona. But you, Arizona's going to need to be a package deal. Like, they're going to need a lot of stuff to kind of fall into place. I think Chicago is probably built to win. I think they can win that division. I think that division is up for grabs. I know Detroit's having a, a nice little run, but eventually Detroit's going to have to pay a couple people. Mm-hmm. And the sad thing is, is that next week at this time, I will be watching the Chicago Bears. <laughs> I, 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 saw, I saw that, and... I don't know if you could flex Monday night games out. I think they kind of locked can. in. Yeah, because it's a uh, different network. But we got the pasture night. It's a good story. Justin Field is a good-looking football player. So I think the records – I think just I think Josh Dobbs being a good story makes yeah. it a good Monday night matchup. Just, I don't know Fields. how they pick Minnesota and Chicago this late in the season, but just, it worked Justin out Fields. in their favor. Justin Fields yesterday. 18 rushes, 104 yards. The rest of the Bears, <laughs> 29 rushes, 78 yards. I don't know. I don't know. You know, but uh, but yeah, get, a, but, get know, an offensive head coach. But yeah, so we're so we're starting off the week. Thanksgiving, of course. You know, Detroit and Green Bay. I think both of us are probably taking Detroit. Yes, and you we'll know, probably both be wrong. You know, they're going to be nine and two if they win that game. You know, Philly loses tonight, then Detroit and Philly got a real race going on to see who's going to get the number one seed. You know, so, uh, but yeah, I got Detroit. Um, I think Green Bay, I said it the other night, I should have listened to myself. You know, Green Bay was going to beat the Chargers just because that's what the Chargers do. It has nothing to do with Green Bay, even though Jordan Love didn't throw a pick. It had nothing to do with them. And wouldn't you know it? 
Aaron Jones is hurt again. It's a tough position to play. Yeah, man. Like, this is like his third or fourth injury just this season alone. I think these guys come back too early. A-Chain, he was limping in and out of the game yesterday. It's like yeah. you come back and you say you're 100%. You're probably closer to 70. You mm-hmm. just feel good. You're juiced up. Yeah, and then that adrenaline you wears that off. You make that cut and you get tackled, and it's like, oh yeah, this is why I, this is why I sat out practice this week. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, from forty-three, two seconds left in the half. Bucker is good, so seventeen to seven, halftime champs. But uh, yeah, so then of course we got the game that I'm going to be live and in person for for some strange reason. I tried to resell these tickets today. But uh, the Dallas Cowboys are favored by 11 points over the Commanders. What say you, Mr. Logical? I'm taking the points. If I'm making the bet, I'm taking the points. I'm still going to take Dallas to win. I'm I'm taking taking the over. I'm definitely taking the points. 11 points? I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. I think if you lost your quarterback in this what? last loss. Like, if they would have lost Sam Howell and then well, lost even, the Giants, what, I'm like, But yeah. even then, we got Jacoby Brissett as the backup. So, like, I don't even know if there are 11 points better than them. Yeah, the 11 is strange. Maybe strange. they figure it's a short week. Maybe they figure it's so demoralizing to lose the Giants. I mean, I six know. turnovers. Six turnovers. I mean, if but if anything, I would think – so this is the question. This is the question. Is Washington ready to quit? That's the question. It's football seems like such a tough sport to half-ass it. But people do it all the time. I mean, it just, it just, I don't know. I, I think because so many players are always auditioning for another team. We talked about mm-hmm. the turnover, something like 65% of your team returns, 35% of your team's new every year. So Nickel corner, guy in a contract year, offensive lineman, like these these unsung heroes that don't have these these glaring stats that make them value. They got to put stuff on film. Like everything has to be on film. Like because I don't know if they count downfield blocks or downfield pancakes or you know blocks past fifteen yards on run plays. I don't know if they count that as a, like an official stat. So that has to be on film. So I just, I can't see guys, even guys. Oh, Hufunga has a torn ACL. Oh, that's tough. Uh, Tawano Hufunga, safety uh, for the 49ers, torn uh, ACL. It's terrible. Um, so yeah, I just, I think what you're going to get is maybe in game, maybe you don't, maybe you. Don't get the depth you need because you're just like, I don't care. Or as a defense, as a defense, like uh, it was a play last night where, like I said, I'll go back to the um, the Jets-Buffalo game. I think 23. That's Micah Hyde or is that Poyer? That's Hyde, right? I think it's Hyde, yeah. I think he's to play in Green Bay. So now it kind of makes a little bit more mm-hmm. sense, but even though it still pissed me off. So he got the lateral on that down-by-contact play. Mm-hmm. And Lazard was chasing him down the field, got blocked by a couple of people. He cut back inside. And from, like, the 10, he had, like, a two-, three-yard lead on Lazard. And he kind of just – they both kind of just jogged 
to the end zone. And then Lazard like kept jogging into the end zone and gave him a hug like right after the touchdown score. Maybe he saw that the play was blown dead. I don't know. I didn't hear any whistles, but he definitely like jogged and like gave him a like a bro hug mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter down 20 something points. <laughs> so it's like it could be that like where you just like because you know like you know with Zach Wilson it's not gonna work after the first quarter you see if he's in a groove maybe he's like in a tiny groove and he's like okay he's confident he's seeing it and you're like okay we can win this we we have a chance but mm-hmm. I think after a quarter you after a couple of drives you just realize like oh this dude does not he doesn't get any better he just no. is so bad it's so bad how bad he looks <laughs> On the football, it's so bad. How he's so bad. <laughs> it's, it's like it just it. You just look at it like you had to see this in practice. Mm-hmm. Like I, t- I talk about it with like the youth football games when I've I've gone to some games and this one team from here, uh, like a team out of South Jersey from called Maple Shade. They used to run like this herky jerky offense where. It was like the it was like the the brotherly shove before the brotherly shove was popular. Mm-hmm. They would all just kind of huddle down behind the line of scrimmage, literally squat down. They'd get little running backs. They squat down, and this is from the eighty five level, which is the seven to eight year olds, all the way up to the thirteen year olds. They just all every team ran the same offense. It made no sense. They'd all squat down, and they would do like little little fake handoffs behind a line of scrimmage, and mm-hmm. hopefully somebody would pop out. Now, if you had a fast enough kid and he gets on the edge, he's good to go. But when you have our team, we were always – our kids were always big. We were always big up front. We would just push. We would just push the guard in, on top of the running backs that are ducked down behind them. So, like, kids are just literally sitting on top of each other. So, it's fourth and 19, and they're calling these plays. And I'm like, I thought I'm a parent, and I'm watching. I know it's fourth and 19. This play hasn't worked all day. We're down three touchdowns, and you call it again. And our kids are just getting mauled over, and now the other teams get the ball back. That's what it feels like when I watch the Jets play. And it's, it's but why ball. now? Why now? Like why bench Zach Wilson now? When like I mean, so look at that. Waited this. long to make a move, and now they got to do something because it no, looks but, so but, bad. But let's look at this logically. Something. Let's look at this logically. You know, yeah, see what I did there. Um, I like it. So one touchdown, 13 interceptions at UConn. Three touchdowns, nine interceptions in his NFL career. You're going to start him against Tua? Um, they, you, they know it's over. <laughs> they, they know they know this. But it's not over, over though. Like, it's not over. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're right. I mean. No, they're not. They know it's, you know it's over. Look, you know how okay, you know how you you remember the PT test, right? Mm-hmm. Air Force PT test. If you stayed in shape, it's a simple test. If you got like me, where you would wait to the last six or seven weeks before you test, and then you try to ramp it back up, it can be a pretty stressful test. Basically, the 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 waist and the run was the thing that would kill most people. Myself, like I would always pass, obviously, but the waist and the run are the two things I was always worried about. You had to make it in a minimum. 
like you had your waist had to be under like a certain inch in circumference and then you run and push-ups everything else so you did the waist measurement the push-ups and the sit-ups first and then you went outside to the run when you walked in there and you did the waist measurement and you need a 34 to get 20 points the max of the points and you get measured at 37 and you only get about 14 points you know man i don't know if my run time is gonna <laughs> be enough in and with the push-ups and sit-ups so then you get on the track you're like okay well you look at the scores before you leave and it's like All right, i gotta get this run in 12 minutes mm-hmm. in order to pass and you go into lap six and you're at 10 minutes and 55 seconds when you come across and you got lap six. So now you averaging two and a half minutes per lap, two plus minutes per lap. Now you got to make this last lap in a minute and five seconds. Yeah, it's possible to run a 400 meter lap in 65 seconds. It's not like an impossible thing, but you aren't going to do it. (laughs) <laughs> and you know that when you come across and they give you the time of 10.55, you know you're not making it in 65 seconds. You can try all you want. But at that point, you just kind of chalk it up like, I'm not making it. Either you faint and <laughs> say you had a medical situation or you just run for pride. You're like, where's the vomit? Yeah. So <laughs> what the Jets are doing, they are just running for pride. Because even if they happen to string a couple of wins together, a couple of fluky wins, you know, the weather up here in Jersey get crazy. We have a couple of home games they get where it's it's windy, the water's yeah, right there. Yeah, like it's beat cold. the Falcons or something. Beat the Falcons. Because, you know, you, you probably can. You know, it's going to be cold. They're a dome team. They run the ball well, but they're not really, you know, they're not offensively prolific. So they're not going to, like, they're not going to outgun you. So you get a turnover here because of the weather and you work it out. Maybe you get a win here. You still a win there. And now you're in contention. In contention to do what? To be the seven seed and play. Who would be the two seed right now? Probably Cleveland. Baltimore. Baltimore, Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. In Baltimore, in Cleveland with Zach Wilson. No, I don't want to do no. that. Nope. So then, of course, you know, later Thanksgiving night, you know, I mentioned it. San Francisco, Seattle, up in the Pacific Northwest. Seattle got any chance? I think they do because Purdy's gonna make it. Purdy's gonna do a Purdy roll left, throw back right to the middle of the field. Uh, do that trust my guy kind of throw. You know, throw it up for Kittle, throw it up for you know Debo Samuel. I think he'll he'll give you one of those. What do they call it? Turnover worthy throws, turnover worthy plays. Like this new stat they're tracking now. Because I saw something about Josh Allen and CJ Stroud have the same percentage of turnover-worthy plays. Yeah. Except Josh Allen's unlucky because they actually turned into turnovers. I'm like, whatever. Hey, Stroud threw three of them yesterday. And maybe the hype is getting to him. But but uh, he's going to maintain. Yeah. So I like, I just, I feel like, I feel like San Francisco will give you a shot and, you know, losing the safety because we saw how. San Francisco's starting lineup and their starting defense and their rotation is solid. But I think every defense has a, you know, can be susceptible to a player team. 
a guy's going to be out of position. The quarterback's going to make a good throw. DK Metcalf's a big wide receiver. You're you can you can make some stuff happen. Well, we'll have to see if Kenny Walker is going to play. You know, he strained his oblique yesterday. So we'll see, you know, how that goes. Geno Smith got a little banged up yesterday, but obviously he came back to the game. Yeah. You know, Maybe that's uh, why they didn't throw any more passes with 30 seconds left from the 33 you know, yard line, but that's just me. But these two te- these two teams are the most penalized teams as far as yards per game. So both of them, so one of them will find a way to give it to the other one. So, yeah, so uh, DK, DK, he'll, he'll get you a pass interference. Yeah, like I'm someone's leaning, gonna grab him. You, I mean, the, the dude is he's, he's like a creative player. I'm six leaning, three, two forty, runs a four three. I was leaning Seattle, but I think this falls into the category of some teams just don't match up well with other teams, and I just think that San Francisco is a bad matchup for Seattle. Yeah, and I, I and I do think, like I said, I think the Purdy potential bad play mm-hmm. obviously is always on the board. But the San Francisco big play is on the I'll, board. I'll mm-hmm. take I'll take the San Francisco big play over the Seattle big play, even though I think they're the talent mm-hmm. is comparable. I don't, the tight end position, yeah, you give the edge to San Francisco, but I think what they do from the running back position with Kenneth Walker the third, uh, what they can do in the pass game with their combination, because Debo Samuel just a smaller he's a you know it's a stocky big wide receiver that can do everything i think dk metcalf's ability to just be a matchup nightmare mm-hmm. is it a, is the equivalent of that yeah and then uh you know of course i haven't said this word in a few weeks so let me go ahead and say it down in the compressor you know the, saints, the saints are coming through we'll have to see if dirt car is going to play you know he's still in the concussion protocol so we'll see where we go from there. But uh, I expect them to play. They had their bye week and everything. So I expect them to be back. But I'm still picking the Falcons. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Falcons just because they're my team. And I can't you know, pick New Orleans to win a no, game no, ever. You know, so, so of course, Atlanta's going to have to run the ball because uh, the Saints That's defense. The thing. They don't have to run the ball. They That's do have the to run the ball against they the solely, Saints. Only against the Saints, they the have to run the ball because the Saints – are third in opponent completion percentage, and you already start Ritter, and you know they're not going to open the playbook. So, you know, so I expect this to be a low-scoring game. I think Atlanta will pull it out, but, you know, if Jameis plays, all bets are off. He might throw four picks himself. Man, I I love Jameis. Jameis (laughs) should have been a Jet. That should have been a call they made. That's Like, they should have made that call. They should have called Josh Dobbs. I mean, it's looking like that, too. <laughs> but, uh, you know, then the shock of the week for me, Cincinnati favored by one point over those hapless Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers are going to win, right? They got to win. You can't pick against <laughs> Tomlin. Like, the, the offense – what I, I did see is because oh, I watched that game too because that one's on Paramount. And they run the ball well. They don't play call well. Mm, okay. They it's the they'll run it on first down. And Najee Harris, uh, another guy, his name Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren. Mm-hmm. They're getting you 
you know, every 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 couple of drives, there was a few plays where they were getting you seven, eight yards on, on first down. Mm-hmm. So now second and two, they call one play. They called a play, and I'm going to assume that the wide receivers all thought it was a different play. It was, <laughs> I think they had two guys, two wide receivers to the left. Mm-hmm. They pre-snap motion worn out to the left flat. Pickett throws the ball off the snap, gets it, throws the ball. There's three defensive backs there to make the tackle. Mm-hmm. And all the Pittsburgh wide receivers are like all looking back like what's going on. And I'm like, that play had no shot as if it was not the correct read on the play. <laughs> Literally, none, none of them got blocked. They didn't even they didn't even attack Warren. They all three of them just ran to him. He couldn't you couldn't even juke. They all three dudes just ran right at him and it was like, yeah, pushed him right out of bounds. Watching this so game right now, kind of stuff that happens is like, I think he just doesn't. I don't think he has a command of the offense, and then he doesn't make plays when they do call plays for him to like to take that shot. He just doesn't make the play. Watching this game right now, I feel like Pusha T from Mister Me Too, you know, because I was just assuming y'all keep the coke moving, but I got one question: Fuck y'all been doing? That's how I feel <laughs> watching Philly right now. Third and seven, and Kansas City. Draw. Yeah, like, like, but, but, like, like, you gotta. I don't know. Like the defenders were there. Like you know, they, they didn't move. They were right nah, there. Nah, Kelsey, Kelsey. Nah, that that's a good call. Kelsey just got beat. Kelsey doesn't get. Yeah, Kelsey doesn't, and he knows it. Kelsey doesn't get beat. That's the first down because it's man coverage. Everyone's backs turned. There were three. He, she, he, she can't block all three of them. Well, that's the thing. He doesn't. If Kelsey makes a block. Uh, Jalen Hurts doesn't have to stutter step like he's he just goes. So that, no, no, that maybe other, that's dude, what happens. other dude doesn't come around the edge. But maybe I think Malata misses block too. Maybe that's what happens when uh, your quarterback is second in the league in yeah. interceptions. You know, you got to do yeah. that. But Malata, yeah, Malata and Kelsey both miss blocks on that. I like that play call if right. it, if it's blocked well. All right. Well, here's the uh, rematch: Jags, Texans. Who you got? Taking Houston because they're at home. Uh, we you sent me the text saying Trevor Lawrence finally has ten touchdowns. That's right on this season. That's right, double digits, baby. I just like, like Dab, Lawrence. just like Dabo said, take the stop. <laughs> I, I like, I like Trevor. I just think that, uh, I think Houston's playing like a team that believes. I think they're playing like Detroit. Mm-hmm. I think they're playing like the 49ers of last year, where they just. Like yo, we 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 got something here, and I, like I said, just my years in youth football, even with the kids, it's a different mindset when the backup comes in. You know, like the backup comes in, they want to get them a touchdown, and the kids mm-hmm. go crazy on the sideline. Like you, you can just tell, like they feel like a, a connection to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see that in, in certain teams, and I think Houston's one of those teams where. Guy is gonna. He's like, listen, I'm just gonna run this route. CJ is gonna give me the ball. Uh, Will Anderson's like, listen, I'm gonna beat this. I'm gonna beat this block. Cause you know incompletion, so we get the ball back, so we can take the ball down and get our field goal. Because I know CJ gets the ball back. 
we're going to get a field goal. We're going to win the game. Other teams that you, you know, you don't really get that. You don't, I don't think you got that a lot of years with Daniel Jones. I don't think the Giants players really felt like, oh, if we get the ball back, we got a shot. That's why you see those guys like ripping at the ball, trying to get create, create turnovers. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. we got to make it easy versus Kansas city is like, we got to get the ball back. We're down yeah. six. We get to stop, get the ball back. Yeah. They might go for interception, but like, listen, if Patrick gets the ball at the 10, He'll get 90 yards like they I believe I believe they believe that um, I think Houston's kind of getting that kind of belief too. Pacheco out here looking like he just taking it easy on the elliptical and getting eight yards a pop. But uh, yeah, I like I like uh, Houston as well. I think Jacksonville's chance to win is going to be the force turnovers. They're one of the league leaders in forcing turnovers. So Stroud, like I said, he threw three interceptions yesterday, but I don't think he's going to play like that back to back. So um, so I'm going to go with Houston as well. Um Shout out to Mr. Logical's Pops, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> because the Colts are going to play Tampa, and his Pops team could do the Falcons a favor and beat on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I'm picking the Colts to do so. Absolutely, I agree with that. I like I, I like Baker Mayfield. I like his moxie. I like his swagger. I just think that Tampa Bay, I think they stole a couple of wins. Mm-hmm. They kind of like ease their – you know, like the, the 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 controversy like they're around them, but Todd Bowles yeah. still look like like he don't know what's going on half the time. He, maybe that's just his Eli face. That's his, yeah, he's that probably just a terrible be- person to play poker with because I don't know what he's thinking. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, Tampa but just doesn't have enough balance for me. You know, of course, Mike Evans will probably get a touchdown, but you know, yeah. that's usually a guarantee. You know, but outside he's of that, too I like big to not to throw him the ball. Then the game that I have no idea what to do with, so I'm just going to tell you like this. When you need to get well, you play Washington. Washington makes you feel real good about yourself. And then the next week, reality kicks in. So for some strange reason, I'm taking the Patriots over the Giants. I I still haven't made a choice yet. It's going to be (laughs) – because – I haven't heard officially if Mac Jones is going to start. I don't see why he would. He's kind of in that same. He's in the space where Zach Wilson was to start off the year. And but I think he's on a team that's going to act on it. Mm-hmm. Like because Mac Jones this year is proven that his future is not in New England. Well, the last it's that very I read, clear. The last that I read earlier before we came on they haven't named a starter yet but mac jones is getting the first team reps so far this week so we'll see because i don't think bailey zappy is like a better like a real better option no but i mean you're two and eight so why not like it doesn't i mean it's not like y'all gonna what go on a four game winning streak get to six and eight and we're like oh hey watch out for the patriots for that wild card they're on a roll so why not because they got a little bit of pride you know, Matt Jones ain't going to be there next year. They were, you know, there were the rumors that they were trying to get rid of him before the draft. That's what I'm year. saying. Like they're, so, they're so why not? They're, they're why in not? that. Yeah. Because I, I mean, like normally you would say normally what well, well, normally you would say play him so that other teams can like you know see him, but that's the last thing you want to do with Matt Jones right now. What you're gonna <laughs> get out of Mac Jones, and I think the best thing for Mac Jones oh, to do Chad right Pennington now is to. Then I, I I think they're gonna start Bailey Zappi. 
I hope so. I think that makes the most sense. I think there's Hilltoppers, probably holding it baby. Tight to, Hilltoppers. Holding it tight to the vest just because it's Bill Belichick. You know, and then, you know, from there, I'm wondering if the Panthers can get their second win. Going up against Tennessee, who Will Levis came in, he torched the Falcons. And, and then, yeah, and then ever since then, a whole Not lot existing. of mid, a whole lot of mid, you know. Um, I think the Titans will win just because I think Carolina is that bad. <laughs> you know, like that's just yeah. the way I got to look at it. Carolina's that bad, and they're going to help the Bears become probably the first team in NFL history to have the number one and two picks in the draft. <laughs> it's going to be chaos. The Bears, the Bears are going to set themselves up for a great offseason. A great offseason and still come they out and go 6 and 11 next year. <laughs> they can have Ty, Tyson Banger or whatever, how you say his Bajent. name? Bajent. I think they can start him next year. I think they can move probably some, I think somebody will give you a first round pick for Justin Fields. A first? I think so. Wow. Because they're going to look at it like Matt Eberflus couldn't get it done. But they who think would if that team be? I know you. I know you. A lot of people have thrown Atlanta. I've out mentioned there, Atlanta, but Atlanta doesn't make Atlanta doesn't make moves. Like, so, I think so. it. I think potentially it could make sense because Atlanta's first round pick is going to be about. They still have the potential to win NFC South, so their pick is going to be somewhere between like eighteen and twenty-two. Because right yeah. now, I think they're only like a couple of games under, but they could because the NFC South is so bad. If they could end up winning the NFC South, and, and the, like I said, Arthur Smith is just—he's not an incompetent coach. He's—he'll put you in a position to win, but you got to do everything right. If win. Justin Smith, if, if Justin Smith, Justin Smith, if Justin Fields ends up being traded this offseason, could it be the Raiders or is it that albatross known as Garoppolo in the way? Nah, they wouldn't be the Raiders. I think the Raiders arrive with the the young rookie that they have. I think they're probably trying to get other positions filled or maybe move Devontae Adams and start over mm-hmm. because bringing, yeah. bringing in Justin Fields, you're just basically, even if, if I'm Justin Fields' agent, like you're just putting Justin Fields in another Chicago. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, we're not making that deal. I think Atlanta would make sense because the way they run the ball in Atlanta, having a quarterback, that's mobile. I know Ritter's mobile, but he's not a runner. It's a difference. He's like a cross country runner versus a sprinter. No, like he uh, ran like a four seven forty or four six. So uh, he ran a reason like a good forty. It's just that he doesn't. He's not agile. Like he doesn't it, roll and then make the move and like you know he doesn't have that. Could it be the Rams? I don't know if the what the Rams would do with just because they want to throw the ball a lot. They don't really run it that efficiently so they need a passer they need a jared golf for matthew stafford for at least from what i've seen from their offense they need someone who's a pocket passer play action and gets the ball out could it be the cardinals cardinals are gonna probably be in position to get one of these top quarterbacks out of the draft but do you want them what, what like you know what i mean like do you want that or the do you Car- want just the fields now it's, you're gonna be getting a bigger version of Kyler Murray if you get Justin Fields. 
So you're going to be getting the, what you already already dealt with that didn't work. He's just bigger. Like, there's no well, I don't even know if it didn't work, though. He just got hurt. They made the playoffs. One year. but it, like Yeah, but he got hurt when, the next year. When you had to put in the clause that, yo, dog, you got to study. You already fired, you already <laughs> no fired video games. <laughs> you fired a coach. It's like, I don't know what else. No Mortal to, Kombat 1 for you. Yeah, like, it's like you they they need a whole new they need a whole new shebang out there and i think right. the, i think with the coach that they just hired i think they'll go with the situation did he get his foot down one nope one so now there. so now that we're looking at the uh you know the cardinals see and i got one question fuck y'all been doing <laughs> watch this next one uh yeah we got the cardinals and the rams you know, in a toss-up game, you know, uh, Cooper Cup hurt his ankle yesterday. You know, so we'll see if he plays or not. I'm leaning Arizona, but you know, the only question is: is does Arizona want to win? When do GMs and presidents and owners start having the? we want draft pick compensation kind of comp like when does that start does this start in november yeah i think so because i mean this is week 13 or week 12 you know what i mean so teams have already played 11 games max you know so why not like you know there's six games left so you know go one and five down the stretch you know whatever maybe two and four can get you a top five pick but there's depending a six, on where you are there's a six game most teams right now granted i know it's Unlikely because the NFL is not. Well, that's why I was confused on why they let Kyler Murray play to begin with. A six-game win streak probably gets you in the playoffs. Probably not the Cardinals. With six weeks out, get you who's like what are they record like? You got some two and eight teams. You got some three and eight teams right now. The Cardinals right now are two and nine, so six wins ain't doing nothing for them. Darius Tony out here thinking it's February all over again. I know, but but yeah, like you had one moment. Yeah, so 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 right now, so right now, you got Carolina at one and nine. Okay. Cardinals are at two and nine. Okay. You know, Jets are at two and eight. Titans are at three and seven. The Jets are the New England. The Jets. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, New England. I'm sorry, New England. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know why I said the Jets. You know, so uh, New England. Arizona has two wins. New England has two wins. Carolina has one. Yeah, the Bears are three and eight. The Bears the got Gi- three. The Giants are three and eight. The Giants got three. Uh, like I said, Tennessee is three and seven. And then you get into your four win teams. Who the four win teams might be so like the Chargers aren't gonna probably try to lose that much to get a high draft pick, you know, at four and six. Um, uh, you got see the Chargers, that's what I mean. So the Chargers at four and six, they played 10 games, they have seven games left. Mm-hmm. They go five and two over their next seven. That's not an that's a playoff, eight, yeah. that's a playoff run. So with seven games left. I'm an owner. I'm like, all right, let's see what we can make happen. With one win, I'm out there. I'm like, yo, play the best football you can play. 
I don't expect to win, which is it's such it feels so it feels so odd because so many someone's gonna get fired. You can't run it back. You well, can't I mean, go two and fifteen and just run it. All back. right, so so let's do it. You know, like this is always one of our staples. You know, so like okay. like even so, though the Giants are bad, I think I don't think Dayball is gonna get fired. Dayball's good because of the neck and the ACL and and, and the in the playoff run last year. Um, yeah. Rivera Rivera's gone. Rivera's gone. You know, uh, Iberflus is gone. Ooh, who knows though? Unless who they hired go, him? did this current regime no, hire him? No, no. Oh yeah, then he's gone. Um, let's see. Frank Reich's good. Um, I think Bowles might have done enough to get an extra year, but I'm not sure. Nah, I think Bowles is gone. If it were up to me, Arthur Smith would be gone. He, yeah, he. But I don't know. Um. I don't know because Atlanta is going to probably finish the year. Eight if, okay. If the Saints don't make the playoffs, is Allen gone? Yes. Because there the were rumors that he was going to be gone last year, you know. Uh, but because the division division's so weak. Yeah, they're five and five right now. They got a game up on Atlanta and Tampa. They play this weekend, obviously. And they're, they're used to like recent success with Sean Payton. Does Whereas McVay's- Atlanta's Atlanta's recent mediocrity is gonna save Arthur Smith's job because they're McVay- used to it. Does McVay take his ball and go home? Uh, depends on where they end up. They're and four if, and six right now. If they end up in the Drake May region of the sweepstakes, I think yeah. that's the prototypical quarterback that he can put right. He looks a lot like Jared Goff, same kind of body type, tall, slender. Not overly yeah, athletic, just that, you know, just just a good yeah, smart who, pocket passer. I don't know who started this Belichick to Washington stuff, you know. But is Washington uh, last week I heard it was Belichick to Los Angeles. Yeah, I heard Washington. Um, but back to the same question that I've asked you like four times: Is Mo Salah safe? Salah and I mean, the uh, Robert Salah. Salah. Hey, I'm thinking about soccer, Liverpool. You know, yeah, it was he, like. He haunts my night. He haunts my nightmares. But uh, Robert Sala is he? Is he? Uh, is he safe? Or should he get to seven wins just to be safe? Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. We've been back and forth why, on this. Why would you? Why would? What do you think? Well, okay, let's I think go. he's safe. What would I think make I, safe? What, I don't what think he's safe. safe. I mean, they, they lost Aaron Rodgers. They, they lost, lost Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. Yeah, they, so so your season was already over, like before it started. It's, 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 so so it'd, it'd be one thing if they were say four and two, and then Aaron Rodgers got hurt. You know what I mean? It was the very first game of the season. Off. Yeah, like you know four what I mean. Plays in. So for the fact that they even and they won that game, you know what I mean? So like, so so I, so for me, I think he gets. I here. think Zach Wilson's play being so bad. Like it's some stat. Like he, oh come on, Mahomes. Um, his he is over the since he came into the league, the worst quarterback in the league for all the every major, every major statistical category. He is of like I think it's something like 37, 37 to thirty nine qualified quarterbacks or something. I saw one stat stuff. Uh, first things first, put a lot of these stats up. And he's like 33rd or 34th or 36th or 37th in a lot of these stats over like the last like couple of seasons. 
of qualified quarterbacks have started. All right. Um, so uh Vrabel's probably gone. I don't know. I don't know. See, we do this every time. Like one week you'd be like, Vrabel's gone. And I'm like, no, I think he's good. Then the next week I'd be like, Vrabel's gone. And you're like, no. I because he I think he has the I don't think he should think, be gone. I think he can hang his hat on. You guys signed Ryan Tannehill when he was mediocre. Gave him a gave him a superstar deal. You drafted Malik Willis after mm-hmm. you gave a mediocre quarterback a superstar deal, mm-hmm. and then you drafted another rookie that fits the prototype. But they have a new GM too, don't they? They got the GM from San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. So that that's not his guy. Right, not his guy. Right. So that that could that could be tough. All right. Because if I'm Mike Vrabel, I'm like I would literally, I'm like, listen, I'd walk into the meeting. If you're allowed to honestly speak in these meetings, I've never been in one. I can only imagine that you can't. But if you're like, listen, man, you gave me Ryan Tannehill, and we knew he had limitations. I gave us a number one seed. He threw the game away. You drafted mm-hmm. Malik Willis, who can't throw the football. He he is not an NFL quarterback. I didn't want him. I didn't need him. You drafted him. And then you got Will Levis, and now I got to play him, and he had a hot game, and now he's mediocre, and it's like it's nothing I could do because I can't I can't work with three quarterbacks, mm-hmm. you know. So, so um, yeah, so he's then, gone. He's gone. And then, and then, of course, and then they need a new voice. And then of course, unless they win out, and by win out I mean like go to the Super Bowl, Brandon Staley's probably not coming back either. I can't see why he would come back. I don't know. I don't know what you saw as a. If you're eva- if you're in that organization, and you're evaluating your head coach. Without eleven wins, mm-hmm. eleven. Not even like barely. You go on a hot streak. I'm talking about just like Kansas City looks like a team that's going to win eleven or twelve games every week. Every week they look like a team. Philly looks like a team that's going to get you 11 or 12 wins. San Francisco looks like a team that's going to get you 11 or 12 wins. There's going to be teams that sneak in to get you to 10. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, we got a team like like Pittsburgh is going to get you 10. Like Denver. Denver might get you 10 wins. Pittsburgh probably will get you 10 wins. Cleveland has seven wins right now. Cleveland does not look like a team. That's going to get you 11 or 12 wins. They don't yeah, look like they have when the You got talent. the number one defense in the league. You you have defensive talent. Mm-hmm. The Chargers have the offensive firepower and the defensive and defensive need talent. Yeah, to to get me like I'm at twelve. I should be as a fan. I should be booking playoff tickets every September with that that, that roster that they have. Yeah, with that little Filipino lady up in the stadium. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> all right, so yeah. uh, we we both like the Broncos over the Browns. Correct. You know, I'm going to go out on a limb. We're and both say, going to be wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm going We're to both go out be a, wrong. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that we both got the Chiefs over the Raiders. Yes. But then you, but then you get into the interesting games. Ooh, what we got? What you got to say? What are you calling with, it interesting? Well, what, with what I'm seeing tonight, and all the turmoil, can Buffalo give Philly no. a fight? No. Can they give them a fight? No. I think it's going to be a close game. I think Philly wins, but I think Buffalo's going to give them a run. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, we talked about the Chargers, right? George, Cons- George Costanza style. 
whatever you think, just go opposite. So for some strange reason, I'm going to take the Chargers over the Ravens. I'm going to take Baltimore. Because <laughs> you're being logical. Because I'm being logical. <laughs> I think I think Baltimore, 13-13, third and one, will just run it up the middle. Mm-hmm. Whereas if they just did a brotherly shot for the first time. So you could say that I think uh, the, I think the to the red go. zone swiftly. I think uh I think Chargers 13 13 third and one they'll do some play action rollout and try to throw a deep <laughs> get a sack. <laughs> get a sack. Uh Mark simple. Mark Andrews unfortunately has the Tony Pollard injury. So he's probably out for the season and I saw I think, someone say he's it's potential that he can play. I don't know. Really? I but saw I think, a crack, I think I saw you a say that. Fibula. Yeah, yeah. I saw crack fibula and ankle ligament, which I think was the same thing Pollard had. So um, which would be out for the season if that's what it is. And with that, unfortunately, I think goes Baltimore Super Bowl chances. Um I think Baltimore Super Bowl chances were gone a long time ago. I don't know why everyone picked oh, okay. the Super Bowl pick. I I never felt like Baltimore <laughs> was a Super Bowl. No, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think they because in order to be a Super Bowl contender, in my eyes, they're too high. Gotta, yeah, you got to be consistent. You got to be consistent at. You got to be consistent at what's hard to defend. You know, Odell out here, or it's hard fined, to block. Odell getting fined damn near eleven thousand for giving the peace sign. That's so stupid. Yeah, I know. I know. And then finally, stupid, stupid, stupid and penalty. And then finally, Monday night, I got the Vikings over the Bears. Uh, I got that too. I think the passion, not I think people love them. I was looking last night watching the game. I know I picked Denver, and I think you picked Denver as well. But no, I, was I picked looking Minnesota. Up, I was like, Minnesota has an opportunity to go to be seven and four after starting zero and three. Mm-hmm. I'm like, they were running you the gotta, ball on Denver. You got to give Kevin O'Connell is is his shot because they didn't give him any love for Coach of the Year last year. They love Brian no. Dable, right? Got no love. 13 and four, first time head coach. Kirk Cousins with the narrative surrounding Kirk Cousins about his inability to win big games. And they won big games. They had big moments. The game against Buffalo with the fourth and 18 conversion. So I just don't understand what they were looking at. I don't know why nine and eighteen that the quarterback. I mean, yes, he was a top 10 quarterback last year. And we got Jalen Hurts in the end zone, ladies and gentlemen. We are an extra point away from a, a one score or a three point game. And of course, you know, Mr. Logical would love it because it was the quarterback draw, you know. But uh, rivalry week is here. Unfortunately, you know, I feel a little somber because my quarterback, Jordan Travis, college career is over. Wait, um, would he break ankle or leg? I think it was leg. I, I haven't seen the actual injury yet, but I saw the, I saw the injury when it happened live. Woof. Yeah, it yeah. was one of those. It was one of those. Don't send it to Mister Logical specials. Yeah, I I watched it. You know, I I saw I that kind of tackle. I remember hearing like you know some vibrations that they were thinking about because that's how Pollard got injured. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, trying to outlaw that tackle, but it was like, how can you like? Yeah, how can you penalize? Like that's it's a very unfortunate. But it's like I got to pull a guy to the ground. Like I grab right. him. And I can't like, let him score. You know what I mean? I can't, <laughs> yeah. let him, I can't let his feet keep going. Like I literally have to pull him to the ground. Right. 
but uh, unfortunately, on the other side, as much as I as I hate the Gators, you know, Graham Mertz broke his collarbone. So this is a battle of backup quarterbacks in the swamp Saturday night. Florida Did State ruin Florida State chances in the playoffs. That was Let's the question I was going to ask. Here we go. Let's have the conversation. I was going to ask that question. Is this a Kenyon Martin situation where they're going to get penalized? Even if they finish undefeated, are they going to get there... penalized? TCU getting molly whopped in the championship game last this past season mm-hmm. is going to be the narrative that people pump out there as to why you need to make sure you have the quote unquote best team. And you know, and you know there. what I would say to that? I would say, how many of y'all picked Cardell Jones to win the national title? But he had a when did he start his run though? Was it right before the playoffs? It was the game before the playoffs. It was the Big Ten title game. And then the and they beat Wisconsin 59 nothing. That's and then they, why. And then, and then they jumped dead. TCU in uh, Baylor. We well, always talk about well, that. That always helps that you. Uh, that you're dominant. Or yeah. Ohio State, you're dominant. Right. And right. you can fill the stadium. Well, well, the good news is, like, like I said, I think that Florida State can still get through Florida. Um, the question is, is can they beat Louisville? Now, the other question is, what happens if Louisville loses to Kentucky this weekend and now they're not in the top 10 for that Florida state game, you know, uh, is that going to be something that, but I would like to think that an undefeated power five team is going to get in, especially when there's a possibility that they could be the only, well, I won't say that there, there will probably be only, there's a chance that there could be one other undefeated team. So you got Ohio state and Michigan this weekend. So right. somebody's going to take Someone's a loss. Got to lose, yeah, yeah. And then the winner will play everybody's favorite team, Iowa, for Iowa. the Big Ten championship. And you know Fox gets mad at that every year. But uh, so so you got that. If That's Alabama, if Alabama knocks off Georgia, you know your SEC champion is not undefeated. Your Big Twelve champion is not undefeated, even if it's Texas. You know if Oregon goes into the Pac-12 championship game and beats Washington, like everybody says. There's no undefeated Pac-12 champion, so you would well, literally be down. You, it helps that you get you, but the Oregon Washington game will eliminate will help you eliminate Washington. Potentially, I know we had that post earlier about if what was it if who ended it undefeated if. Oh yeah, it, yeah 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 yeah. Uh, Georgia, no, not Georgia. Because Georgia, it was it was Florida, it was Michigan, and was it Florida State? Michigan, Florida State, and somebody else ended undefeated. Washington. Yeah, it would have been Washington. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's Michigan, Florida State, Washington. They all end undefeated. Who gets the fourth slot? Yeah, you got Texas, Texas, Georgia, Alabama. Alabama, Yeah. Uh, Ohio State. Ohio State, yeah. Yeah. So I personally think it would be Texas because all the limp facts you have – it's all the tiebreakers and everything you have, you got to go with the head-to-head matchup first before all the other math. All the other math. I know the math exists. I know. We just had this conversation a couple of weeks ago. Exists. I was all about I know, the head of – I know all that exists, and I right. know 
common opponent in the NFL and in the college basketball and college football. Understand all of that factors into the tiebreaker. But that should only matter if you don't have a head-to-head. If you have a head-to-head, that's where it stops. That's where it should stop. I don't know if it's written that way, but that's no, where it's it not written stop. anyway. It's not written anyway. The committee just decides what they want to do. Yeah, but the tiebreakers, the tiebreakers are written. Yeah, it's written. Yeah. But 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 what I'm saying is, there's no rule that you have to honor it because their job is to pick the four best teams, not pick the team that beat this other team. But you would use other factors of like the breakdown. You would use strength of schedule. You would use strength of opponents. You would use common opponents. You would use all these other factors mm-hmm. outside of the team. And that's the best part about it because Texas and Alabama don't that. have any common opponents. You would have to go with – like, but like I said, I don't like I said, I don't know if it's written, and I think that's the best part about having this conversation because I don't know what's written. You would have – in my opinion, you would have to go with the original – simple matchup because in the nfl the number one seed if kansas city and miami both like like okay if we go uh who played each other that's going to be tops of the afc so because right now kansas city is seven and three baltimore seven and two they're going to be the be eight seven three eight and three after this game if you got baltimore who beat Kansas City? They lost to Detroit, Detroit on opening night, and, and they Denver. lost to Denver. Uh huh. Okay, so say it came down to the division for a for the AFC West, and their records were tied, and but Denver had to win two wins over Kansas City, whatever it is. Yeah, Denver that would be the factor. They would mm-hmm. get it because they have the, the head-to-head matchup. Like That's the first thing you would look at. But that's the problem. So, that's written down. The college football has a committee that sits around the room, just like we talked about. When you uh, go up for senior and all that, the board gets together and everybody tries to like make their EPR reflect a certain way. But then they go, well, no, we care about education this year. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. how... And that's how this was. Texas went out there and said, yo, give us a home and home with Alabama. You know, like Texas and Alabama agreed to a home and home. They split it. Alabama won last year. Texas won this year. So as a Texas fan, you're like, we in there. You know what I'm saying? It's what we're supposed to do. They lose to Oklahoma, you know, and then one loss. Alabama has one loss. So, yes, in a perfect world, Texas would be ahead of them. The problem is, is that. It's dumb because you're going to say that Alabama's loss was to a top five or top six Texas team, which is the Texas team we're talking about. But you won't give them credit for it. Right. Oklahoma was the team that beat Texas, who's, you know, down in the rankings now. You know, and then think about it. Alabama would also have the win against Georgia. You know, they would have the win against LSU. They would have a win but against that has nothing. I know, to do I know, but just hold on. It's, it's, it's about the resume. I know the resume is. I don't even know how we ended up here. Up. I don't even. I don't even know how we ended up here because I think because like I three weeks ago I made this same exact argument. <laughs> because when I saw it, when I see it kind of play out, and I'm hearing <laughs> this, that's the thing. 
because I've been reading other people's rationale. Because my thing is like this. Like, if I tell you, hey, man, ribeye. Ribeye is my favorite cut of steak. I can't be like, oh, that's the best cut and no other cut matters. I can just say, hey, it's my favorite cut. I like the fat, I like the marbling, I like the bone, whatever, whatever. So I've been reading people. Like, I've seen that question posted because I presented to you in our group. And everyone's like, oh, you really think Texas is going to get in over Alabama? As if it's a foregone conclusion, as if it's not a relevant conversation. So me being a logical thinker, that sparked it. Because before, that conversation wasn't around because everyone, I think they all kind of assumed that these other teams would start losing. I think they assumed that the Pac-12 teams would just start losing like these silly games. Like you said, the Pac-12 eats eats themselves in every single year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think four weeks ago, uh, early October, uh, Oregon will lose and Washington will lose this game. Michael Penix Jr. isn't that good. Bo Nix was down here in Auburn. He didn't do anything. You know, It's like I think people were kind of – that was the narrative. But now that it's starting to get on the board, like, yo, it literally will be a situation where Texas could finish ahead of Alabama and Alabama has a win over Georgia, and you would have to honor the Texas win over Alabama because – if Alabama beats Georgia by default in this argument, like we'll go through those other rivalry things, that means that Texas is better than a team that beat Georgia. I know it's like well, here's, apples, well, here's my question. Here's my question. Let's just say somehow through all these crazy scenarios, Oklahoma makes it to the Big 12 title game against Texas. And Texas wins. Do we go, they evened out their loss, and now they have that argument over Alabama and you can't use the Oklahoma my loss? Ar- my argument for Texas is the win. It's the head-to-head. strictly head. the win, the head-to-head yeah. over Alabama. And they also you would not you would not do this to any other team. And they also, but they also, they, they're in the but they're also in that Florida State situation where they lost their starting running back for the season. That the is Texas. They ran. They they play twenty defensive players. <laughs> they play like right. eight defensive linemen. They're a deep enough team. It's not like they're. It's not like they're Florida Atlantic and like they only have like their star their star lineup. They have. All right. That. Well, here this we go. Texas. Here we go. Big Twelve. So Oklahoma can make the Big Twelve championship game, and it doesn't even matter if they win or lose this weekend. Somehow, we'll get to that. So Texas. In with a win. They beat Texas Tech on Friday. They're in the Big 12 championship game. Oklahoma State, they beat BYU on Saturday. They're in. And if Texas wins, that's your matchup, Oklahoma State against Texas. If Oklahoma beats TCU on Friday and then Texas wins and Oklahoma State loses, then we get our Oklahoma-Texas rematch. If Kansas State beats Iowa State on Saturday and Texas wins, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State lose, then we get Kansas State against Texas. Now, you ready? I'm ready. If Texas Tech beats Texas on Friday, nobody could clinch on Friday. So even if Oklahoma wins on Friday, doesn't even matter. So on Saturday, 
Texas can still get in if two of Kansas State, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State lose. <laughs> Texas just win. If Texas loses on Friday and two or three two lost teams win, so those same three teams, Kansas State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, there would be three teams tied, three or four teams tied for a berth in the Big 12 title game. So multiple scenarios exist in this circumstance. And then it says, "This you'll love this, updated scenarios will be released by the Big 12 following the conclusion of Friday's games. So maybe none of this matters, but Friday if Texas loses, then you open Pandora's box and we get. So what I was reading, I think there was something like a hundred, like almost a hundred different scenarios that could play out. So we'll see how that goes, depending on who wins and who loses. So we'll get to that. In the yeah, in, but I in bet the, you, I bet you a head-to-head matchup is going to factor in. I know, right? If uh, in the ACC we are locked in to Florida State, Louisville. You know, in the Big Ten, Iowa has won the West, and they will await the winner of Michigan-Ohio State, which we'll get to in a second. And the Pac-12, Washington, has secured a berth. If Oregon wins the Civil War, which they don't call it that anymore, but I still do, if, if Oregon wins the Civil War, they're in. If they lose, Arizona just has to do something they haven't done since 2011. They have to go to Tempe and beat the Sun Devils. And if Arizona does that, they're in. But obviously, if they were to lose, Oregon were to lose, then Oregon still gets in. Um, in the SEC, we're locked in. Alabama, Georgia. In the AAC, the, the American Athletic Conference, we are down to three. Tulane, UTSA, and SMU. So, of course, this matters because of the New Year's Six. UTSA has three losses. So even if they win these scenarios, they're probably not going to get the New Year's Six berth. But Tulane has an out-of-conference loss to Ole Miss. They host UTSA this weekend. If UTSA wins and SMU wins against Navy, then you got UTSA and SMU in the AAC title game. If Tulane beats UTSA and SMU wins, you get Tulane versus SMU. Told if, you this man loves college football people. If, if Tulane beats UTSA and Navy beats SMU, we're right back to where we started, you know, with uh, UTSA and Tulane in a rematch. In the Mountain West, UNLV, for all intents and purposes, have basically clinched a spot, you know, but. If UNLV loses on Saturday to San Jose State and Air Force beats Boise, we'll have a three-way tie with UNLV, San Jose State, and Air Force. They're all one and one against each other. So you're going to get to the computers. If UNLV loses and Boise beats Air Force, then you have Boise, San Jose State, and UNLV. And you have the computer matches. So, you know, Boise didn't play uh, UNLV, so then you get to the computers, which will probably favor UNLV. In the MAC, we are locked in. Toledo against Miami of Ohio. In Conference USA, we are locked. Liberty, Lynchburg, Virginia, against 
New Mexico State because Jacksonville State is not eligible because they are under the James Madison rule. So yeah. they play. So the thing is, they're six and one in conference, and they play New Mexico State this weekend. That result doesn't matter. So even if Jacksonville State wins, New Mexico State still going to the conference title game. And then finally, in the Sun Belt, you know James Madison not eligible. So Troy has clinched the West. In the East, if Coastal Carolina wins, they're in. But wait, Grayson McCall might not play, so keep your eye on that. If if they lose this weekend to James Madison, then Appalachian State is in with a win over Georgia Southern. If they both lose, Old Dominion can beat Georgia State, force a three-way tie, which would put Coastal Carolina back in the title game. So there you go. There's your scenarios for this week. Something crazy is going to play out. I hope I don't so. Think, I don't think the craziest ones are going to play out. I do feel like Texas being one of these quote-unquote blue blood schools, I think they're going to get the leg up on Bama. And it's not a knock on Bama. It's not like I don't think they deserve a shot. Ooh, he but didn't get there. Did he? That's, he might have got there. He got there. Pacheco, Millville, fourth and one. Just stand up. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So so you know. But hey, it's time, Mister Logical. Do you have the guts to pick the Buckeyes in the big house? No, no, not so much. <laughs> nah. Like I said, I like you. You are enamored with college football. I mean, you. You, you do the research, you're behind the scenes, you're 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 in the fields, like digging up the dirt and all the information. <laughs> I'm just I look at it in a very simplistic kind of way. I think Michigan's ability to run the ball. Uh, yeah, you got there. Um run the ball Ooh. control. Taylor it. Swift is about to be sad. Um <laughs> The older quarterback versus the slow start that Ohio State gets off to. This might be the year where you know it could be tough, or it could be a ten point, ten to thirteen point victory for uh, Michigan. I think this is their year. I think Michigan versus everybody is a real galvanizing piece. Like whoever, whatever they feel about Coach Harbaugh, he has brought them out of the depths. I wonder if this is the game that not having Harbaugh on the sideline is going to hurt them. You know, uh, Roman Wilson got hurt against Maryland, their best receiver. They were already down a tackle last week and lost another tackle in that Maryland game. Um, Michigan, this is their first time favorite over Ohio State since 2018. They haven't beat Ohio State when they've been the favorite in the game since 2011. You know, um, I'm going to go with Michigan, too. Um, I want to pick Ohio State. Two red zone turnovers just, for Kansas City. But, but I just can't. I just can't. You know, I'm going with Michigan, not only because I chose them to win the national title, but, you know, I just think that Ohio State, they can't the slow start off. Gonna, yeah, they can't yeah. start slow with a team that runs the ball well, like because they're going to have the ball seven to eight minutes on their first drive. You go three and out, and they get it back for four or five more minutes. Now, Michigan, Ohio State's going to just have to stop the run and force 
J.J. McCarthy to beat them. You know, Travion Henderson, Ohio State's running back, he's been out here looking like Adrian Peterson Jr. lately. So if Ohio State does have a chance in this game, it all lies in his feet. So, but I'm going with Michigan. We'll see how that goes. I'm going with Florida State over Florida. You know, Tate Rodemaker, you know, he came in last year on the road against Louisville down two scores and got us the win. Came in the other day down 13 to three, got the win. So uh, Florida starting Max Brown for the first time. So, you know, I think I'm going to go. It's going to be narrow, very, very narrow because it's a rivalry game. It's at the Swamp. Florida needs this win to go to a bowl game. So they're going to give it their best shot. But I just think Florida State's defense will answer the call. Upset alert. What we got? What you got? Mr. Logical will not appreciate this. But, uh, you know, Virginia, you know, the, the Wahoos. I think they got a chance to beat Virginia Tech this weekend, you know, so we'll see. In um, Blacksburg or Charlottesville? I think it's in Charlottesville. Um, you know, it's in it Charlottesville. It don't matter. Hokies all day. It is in the spot. Tech. It is in My the spot. My pops is a UVA fan, so I'm going to go with Virginia Tech. I see, like I'm to agree you, with them, but sometimes I like to argue with them too. See, I'm glad you kept talking right there because I was about to say something crazy. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going with Air Force in a role reversal. Last week I picked UNLV over Air Force. This week I'm taking Air Force over Boise. You know, and unfortunately, of course, Air Force, you know, has lost, you know, their last three games. So, you know, including a stinker to Hawaii. You know, as far as the actual upsets that I'm picking, you know, saying UTSA, give me the Roadrunners over Tulane, and then Pitt over Duke. There ain't much out there this week, folks. You know, I don't think Texas, Texas is going to beat Texas again. You know, um, I don't think that. You know, Iowa State's going to beat Miss Kansas beats, State. You don't think Arkansas beats Missouri? No, I don't think Arkansas beats Missouri. Missouri looks good. I like them. I kind of, I kind of wish they would have beaten Georgia. Not just because I, I don't like Georgia. But I think it would have been like a real interesting conversation about one-loss teams in the SEC. I think it will be close, though, because uh, Arkansas came out and announced that Coach Sam Pittman is coming back next year. That was a surprise to a lot of people. But one coach that will not make it back next year wears this here color. Dino Babers is out at Syracuse, 20-45 and ACC record, including 1-9 in 2021. That'll do yeah. it, you know. That, yeah, um, that'll get you fired. You know, but here's the here's another question for you, Mr. Logical, before we get back to some more games. Did Chip Kelly – so I watched – I watched. I don't know if you remember this movie called Two Can Play That Game, Morris okay. Chestnut, Vivica Fox. They, uh, they talked about the transference of negative energy, you know. So when somebody's feeling a certain way, you give them the energy and get it off of you. Did Chip Kelly – reverse the fortune and put Lincoln Riley on the hot seat. Nah, because USC doesn't want to look like a fool again. They, 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 they keep reaching for these coaches. Cause if you think about it, I think Lincoln Riley's record and who was a, the previous guy? They had a uh, Clay Helton, Clay Helton. I think their records are pretty similar. No BCS bowls. I think because they they are LA, they don't feel that UCLA is LA. USC, yeah, like UCLA is the Clippers. We are we are the quintessential. We're the tip of the spear in this city. 
Um, and I think they want to get it right. And I don't know if they want Lincoln Riley to feel like he is on a hot seat because NFL teams out here with these these Bitcoin guys buying up teams, <laughs> throwing these crazy checks at coaches, you want your coach to feel as secure as possible in your college facility. You don't want him to think anything is afoot. So, yeah, I think he's good yeah. to go. I think Chip Kelly, like I said, personally, unless you plan on going young, because either you're going to go young or go experienced. Well, candidates you can't that go heard. unknown potential because everyone needs it so fast. This microwave society we're in, you need two-year turnaround. If if we're talking about Carl, if Dion goes big in five and six next year or five and seven next year he might be on the seat because yeah they like his personality and i know that but it's like this is we need results well i've been hearing uh ryan grubb for ucla if they were to get rid of chip kelly he's the offensive coordinator at washington who has followed uh coach caleb DeBoer around a couple of schools, you know, so he's got some experience as far as running the DeBoer offense that has been proven to be successful. So, you know, but we'll see, you know, um, I don't know if the move is imminent as far as Chip Kelly getting out of there. They get, they play against Cal this weekend. They're a 10 point favorite. So, you know, we'll see if they can finish that off, get to eight and four. You got to factor in quarterback injuries that they've had this year, you know, playing Dante Moore most of the year, you know, true freshman and everything. So, you know, you got to give Chip a little leeway for that. But then you just have to ask yourself the question, do I believe Chip Kelly can guide me through the Big Ten? Right? Like, you know, you're going in there next year. You already got USC. You got do, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, if, so on and so forth. If you've had to think about it realistically, like logically speaking here, have we seen a rise of a new program in the last 10 years, like a, a, another program, not like just a, not just a, like a hot, you know, a hot minute, but like a real rise of a program that was down in the dumps. It's been, you've had good programs that went south for a little bit and they came back. Mississippi State hasn't risen. Missouri's getting better, but it's not sustainable because. You get a hot couple of years. Ohio, Michigan's back because they got the coach in Harbaugh. First team to a thousand wins, by the way. You got Ohio State. They stayed up even through all the turmoil with you know NCAA sanctions and things that like that. Georgia came back. Alabama's been Alabama. I mean, Georgia was never at the bottom though. Like you know, they were still well, Mark 10 Rick. And two. They were like yeah, yeah. 10 and two, eight and four, but right, they weren't competing right. for championships. That's right. what I'm saying. I mean, like, they, Texas, yeah, they they made some like two and games, ten either. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Texas wasn't two and ten. LSU had some run, but Auburn's kind of dropped. So when you're hiring these coaches, it's like, can I get a flash in the pan? Can we be hot for a couple of years? Because it hasn't. Boise State had a great run. Until like the mid 2010, around like 2010. Now and everybody they're just, kept taking their coaches. Now they're just an average team. And now, you know, you know, word on the street is Kellen Moore might be coming home. I mean, can you give him the right amount of money to 
because you got to pay him some money. But I mean, I would go if I was Kellen Moore. Like, yeah, I would go because that's that's the kind of like coach you would want. Mm-hmm. With nine for fifteen for sixty nine yards, it's not a lot of yards, Jalen. Um, nope. But yeah, that's so right. Swift's got him covered. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, you know, last week we talked about the Sunflower Showdown. You know, Kansas State has now made it 15 in a row over Kansas. You know, they got all they want wanted from that third-string quarterback from Kansas, Lance Leipold. Keep your eye out for him in Michigan State, uh, Kentucky, and Louisville this week. You know, over at Cardinal Stadium, Kentucky's won four in a row in the series. Now, this is like we talked about it last week. We don't think that Louisville has a path to get to the playoff. You know, but – they should still win this game and still go beat Florida State next week if they want to have a great season. Yeah, you saying like them being undefeated or having the one loss. Their one loss is just bad. Like if they could have traded their loss to somebody else, like they lost by 17 points to three win pit. You know, that's the problem. You know, if they lost yeah. to say, even if they would have lost to Miami, you know, that would have been okay, maybe, you know, just off a of name recognition. People would like yeah. not view Miami a certain way. But yeah, like I, I, I just I just think that loss is just too much to it's come too back. Too bad from. of a loss. Yeah. But but I got Louisville beating Kentucky. Um, they're favored by seven. You know, I think Kentucky covers, you know, uh, but Kentucky is a mess right now. They put up 14 on South Carolina the other day. Obviously, they haven't recovered since that Georgia beatdown. Will Leary uh, came in um, from NC State. It was supposed to be the answer at quarterback. Kentucky finally has a quarterback, and yet they still look like Iowa. Yeah, you know uh, Maryland and Rutgers. More than just the quarterback, you you every the scheme has to match your players. I think sometimes coaches feel like their scheme is as tangible as it. you know, as they want, but it isn't. A lot of times it's like, yo, your scheme doesn't match the players you have. Mm-hmm. And yep. then what you what you want isn't as explosive as you think, because everybody wants an explosive offense. They're like, oh, we want to go out here, you know, 27 points. I think 27 to 30, well, college, you want about 31 points. NFL, if, you, if you're around 26 to 27, 28 points, you're among tops in the league. Sometimes, like, your your scheme is a little bit more archaic than you think it is. Like it's not as good as you have drawn it up on your whiteboard or your iPad or your Microsoft Surface tablet. Woo. Mm-hmm. So I said nothing. Oh yeah, I'm just I'm just I'm just letting you catch up to it. But uh, you know, Minnesota, you know, has a game against Wisconsin this weekend where they're trying to become bowl eligible. Nebraska with Mr. Logical's favorite coach, Matt Rule. You know, <laughs> they got a win Brock, on Friday. Brock win Brazel, on, brother. Yeah, they got a win on Friday against Iowa so that they can go to a bowl. And let's see, here we go. We got ourselves a tush push, people. They had so a chance. They had a chance against. Uh, got a flag down against was, Wisconsin uh, last week. Wisconsin last week. Uh-huh. And they, it's, they went away from. Ooh, good throw. They went away from what was working in the first half, or maybe Wisconsin adjusted. I'm going to 
maybe it's a little bit of both, but Brock Purdy's little brother, Chubba, he was moving. He was he was running mm-hmm. and he had a long rush touchdown. Uh it's just that they something like they didn't it just didn't work and then they missed the field goal. Yeah, like I said, I'm just not yeah, like who, said, who not thought big, that but, after who thought that after that game against Colorado that Nebraska would be the one that has the chance to go bowling. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But yeah. I mean, Dion does I mean, have a couple of bad. They have a couple of bad losses. I too. mean, Colorado, Yeah, they they went and got fifty six to fourteen the other night up on the Palouse. I just had to bring up Colorado so I could say Palouse. Um, you know, I just had to get that in there. I got to find a way to work Palouse into the episode every week, but uh, every week, yeah, yeah, but uh, but yeah, so Colorado is done for you know, they're going over to Salt Lake City this weekend. I don't know if they're going to get another 56 to 14, but they might get a 41 to 17. Yeah, I, I see like a 34 14 kind of game where just Utah just the. The fronts for Colorado. Like, I don't know what that running back was talking about. We could have gone undefeated if we didn't play selfish. It's like, nah. Avassier Smoke, what does he know about undefeated? He came from Kentucky. And then you got, uh, you know, Oregon, the Civil War. Like I said, the Civil War. I think Oregon, I don't know if they're going to put the boots to the Beavers, but obviously I shot my load by picking the Beavers to beat Washington last week. But that would be something for them to beat uh, Oregon, you know, uh, to end Oregon's chances to get to the playoff or the Pac-12 title game. So they do have something to play for, even though they can't. Yeah, you, you do want to you want to hit them with the with the Dan Campbell, like we can't go to the playoffs, they can't go either kind of situation. Like we need yeah, to screen you know, Bay. And, and I remember, like about a year ago, uh, when I was at my previous job, I had a conversation where I said that I thought that Jonathan Smith was either the best coach in the Pac-12 or second best behind Kyle Whittingham. And everybody looked at me like I was crazy. And here you go, the Beavers are still in the top 15, damn it. You know, but I've heard his name out there for the Michigan State job. The good news for Oregon State is that it's his alma mater. So, you know, like maybe he stays, you know, maybe he'll stay home, you know. But but, uh, Penn State, you know, has Michigan State Friday, the land grant wins. Trophy, which nobody considers a rivalry for real, but uh, Drew, but Drew Aller, you know, got hurt, you know, last week. So we'll see if he plays this week. You know, that game against Michigan State is at Ford Field. I think, I think Penn State shouldn't have a problem either way. But you know, so this is another thing that I don't like. Get it off my chest. You know, I don't like these conference games. Besides the Red River Shootout, besides the cocktail party between Georgia and Florida. I don't like these conference games in the NFL stadium. You're like, why is Michigan state playing Penn state at Ford field? That's a game where you play USC or you play a sec team out of conference and play them at Ford field. I don't Are know they trying like to just sell the idea of a rivalry? I don't know what they're trying to do, be but it's able not to around. Sell out for stadium. Yeah, it's not Penn, like yeah, Penn State is still trying to bite on Ohio State and Michigan's ankles to get some attention. Yeah, LeVar Arrington went in. He was like, that's not he was like, that's not a Penn State thing. Penn State's thing, and it sounded kind of like a cop out, like he was just kind of just you know being a stand for Franklin. He was like, Our thing isn't to beat Ohio State or to beat Michigan. That's not like our 
you should like it's not for us to fire a coach if we don't beat these teams. Like that's not our thing. I was like, I get it, but if your coach can't ever win the big game, then what is it three and seventeen now or something like that? Are you, are you just are you just good being relevant? Well, well, that's why I like that's why it's interesting because Texas A and M has the ability to set off the dominoes everywhere. You know, like I know we joked about it. I brought it up in lightheartedness and I wasn't being half serious. But what if Texas AM went and got Lincoln Riley? Like, you know, college football, or what if they what if they did go get Dabo? What if they got James Franklin? What if they got James Franklin? I brought him up too. You know, like what if they go get James Franklin? Like Texas AM the, has the ability their best to best bet, like I said, is to go get Kingsbury. Because he's an assistant on the staff. He's already had head coaching. That'd be my number one target. Yeah, and if you get Lincoln Riley, you send Clingsbury to USC. Well, he's already there. No, I know, but I'm just saying. Like, yeah, he's he's already. Yeah, he's already there. Yeah, so I would, I would because I could probably pay Kingsbury seven and a half a year. mm -hmm. I got to pay Lincoln Riley fifteen. Yeah, his got like eighty you, million. So yeah, he ain't you gotta anywhere, like but. you gotta buy him away from USC, mm -hmm. and you might not buy that many victories just by buying him. You might be seven and five with Kingsbury, and you could be potentially nine and three with Lincoln Riley. So it was like, do I need to pay seven and a half million more per year? Well, I got to think that A&M is going to nab somebody that is a big time player. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're not going to they're not going to grab a an assistant that's hot. They're not going to get the Washington offensive, offensive coordinator. Yeah. They're not going to get Iowa's defensive coordinator. You know, they're not going to do they're not going to make a move like that. They're going to make a move like they're going to buy they're going to get like Swing for the fence and offer Harbaugh eighteen million dollars a year, kind of thing. Which, if you can, if you can afford it, that's at a minute. I know they already sell out their stadium, but you you'll have ESPN there all the time. You'll you'll be the darling, the new darlings of Mahomes out here trying to play playground football again. You know, but um. Yeah, so so like I'm just interested to get this party started. Like I'm almost looking more forward to that than I am this weekend's football games. Like I just want to see who A and M's going to hire and what it's going to set off. That's not a false start. My bad. You know, um, behind. But yeah, I'm trying to see. You know, um, and now that Syracuse is open, like you know, I don't know who they go after, but you know, it shouldn't make any big ripples. They'll go get like New Mexico State's defensive coordinator or something like that. Well, their uh, their former defensive coordinator is the defensive coordinator at Nebraska right now, Tony White. So I'll keep an eye on him. I'll keep an eye on Sean Lewis, you know, offensive coordinator out at Colorado. Only problem with him is that he was the offensive coordinator under Debo Dino Babers when he first got to Syracuse. So they might not want. Want him to come back the with the same thing? Yeah, yeah. They might not want that association, even though I think Sean Lewis is a pretty damn good coach that Dion is treating unfairly. But that's a whole other story. Um, 
you know, <laughs> hey. you know, like, like, see, see, that's the problem with a coach like Dion, right? Is that like everything is well, I, I there's a lot of attention that comes with Dion, and when things don't go right, social media world, we're impatient, we overreact to everything. So he takes the office of coordinators play calling, you know, away, even though like that was the least of their problems. Yeah. I think he was just kind of hoping that it was going to make up for like they could, the offense could make up for their shortcomings. Yeah. And it goes back to what you said though. Like they don't have an offensive line. They don't have a defensive line. So like you're, they're going to lose the trenches no matter what. Yeah, like, I mean, you're a good coach just because you won the four games that you did win in this yeah. situation. You know what I mean? So you get you get some linemen in there. Maybe you win eight next year. You know, we'll see. Like, in the Big 12, you know, like, cause I mean, like, think about it, right? You got what? Oklahoma State, Utah's coming with you. The Arizona schools are coming. But, like, how many schools – Who should Colorado look at in the Big 12 and think that's the big boy? They should think that they're the big boy. Utah. Yeah, Utah, that's about it. You know, like obviously Arizona's Arizona's having a great season this year. You know, you got Kansas, Kansas State, they're there. Oklahoma, you say Oklahoma and Texas are leaving. Oklahoma State, yeah. Oklahoma and Texas are leaving. So you don't have that. Oklahoma State's still there. Mm -hmm. You got TCU. You know, uh, Texas Tech, you know, Baylor, who's probably going to be having a new coach as well. You know, because I don't know what happened there. They went 12 and 2 in 2021, won the Big 12 title. And- because some of these schools are, you're flashing the pan. And it's like, that's the thing. When you, when you hire and fire coaches, you might, it might just, you might just have a high year. I mean, you made a hot line, I made it a hot song. So it's like, it might mm-hmm. be that situation where it's not, it's not your it's not the nature of your school to be ultra successful. This just being relevant might be the ceiling for some schools, except when you get that recruit, you get the recruit and you get three years of like good football, and then you get what TCU got last year with the run to the national championship game. Mm-hmm. And then this year they're single digit wins. You just, you get it. Like, that's what you get. You get this rise and you ride it out and you enjoy that year and you mm-hmm. go to ESPN game day and, and that's what well, you Well, get. you know, that's the thing. Next is year. That, you know, when those things happen, people come for your prizes. You know, they had um, Garrett Riley, Lincoln's little brother, as the offensive coordinator last year, along with Max Dugan. Max Dugan's gone now. And Garrett Riley's over at Clemson because Clemson, you know, came calling with the checkbook. Yeah. So, so that's the problem is that once these teams do have these years like that, that's what happens. That like you mentioned it earlier. That's what happened to Boise State. You know, it happens, they, they, it happens NFL teams in the Super Bowl. Guys on the team that are corners in contract years, they want, hey, I shut down AJ Brown in the Super Bowl. I want 12, 15, 16 million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Or I was Super Bowl MVP. I want 20 million dollars a year. Detroit's willing to give me this, you know, Chicago's willing to give me this. So it's like you lose pieces. That's why you have to rebuild. That's why you have to get a level headed coach, somebody that, like I say, you have the cachet 
that you can keep people coming back. Like Alabama keeps losing offensive coordinators, but Nick Saban's there and people want to come back, show that mm-hmm. they can work under in a tough, demanding environment, and then they go on and then another person comes in and do the same thing. All right. So last question, last thing. Uh so I know you said what LeVar Arrington said, but but Penn State loses to Michigan, Ohio State next year. Like, do we start hearing rumbling? Well, not if they keep selling out that stadium. Because I think that town, like Harrisburg, Pennsylvania is in the middle of Pennsylvania. There's nothing else around it. It is the economic lifeblood in this that region. There's nothing else there. Like, there's no other reason to go to the middle of Pennsylvania. Like, you're going all the way to Pittsburgh, which is super far west, or you're going to Philly, which is the east. So the middle part, that's that's they got that old lot. Yeah. So any bars, restaurants, breweries, textile companies, whatever it is, it's all like granted it's the state capital, but it's like that's it. Everything's right there. Other than that, it's farm all around it. So you need that piece of your economy. So you need the team to be good. You saw the picture from Colorado, their first game last season was like probably a six, seven, maybe 10,000 people mm-hmm. versus the game this year. It's the same thing with like the, uh, like the LeBron effect when, when he left Cleveland, like Cleveland is a major city in America, but mm-hmm. without Hall of Fame? driving without something guiding people downtown to spend money, restaurants falter. You need, you need that. And I think James Franklin keeps you in that position to where, you're just selling out a hundred thousand tickets every week. You're selling out all the merch, the white t-shirts for the whiteout game. You're doing well, everything you know, I was, to maintain. You know, I was thinking about it the other day. Like, like you know, obviously Penn State, you know, is one of those jobs that, like, when you you know, you just say Penn State and it just sounds like college football. You know, so so I was trying to think to myself, like, if I was like somebody like a James Franklin, and I'm coaching at Penn State. What are the jobs that I would leave for? Like, I would think, like, I would leave for USC, you know. Um, nah, I don't think so. I don't think. The I think I would. Season, I think the the 2005 and before, mm-hmm. I think that legacy is dope. But they're not even the, I mean, I think they're a popular team in L.A., but they aren't. Like the head coach of USC isn't the man in California. Well, that's just because they're not James winning. Franklin's and they're the man. But even Pete, like yeah, Pete Carroll had a little buzz, but you still had Kobe. Like if you're at a restaurant, Pete Carroll's walking up in 2004, and Kobe's walking up. You can only fit in one entourage, or like you know, you bring out that extra table. Who are you getting that table to? Kobe or Pete Carroll? Kobe's getting that table. Kobe getting that table. James Franklin can go and get whatever business deal he wants in state college. Like, oh, you want to buy this property? He's getting <laughs> that deal. He has that kind of cachet in that environment. Yeah. That's that's the difference. You Nick Saban. Nick Saban is Ooh. the man in Alabama. Here we go, y'all. Uh fourth and two. This is it. You know, 218 left. Mahomes in the gun. 11 on the play clock. Snap. 
Mahomes, back to pass, throw. And, of course, he hits old reliable. <laughs> I'm behind you, and I know, like, so you said old reliable. Yeah, so now we're going to hit the two-minute warning. Oh, it looks like they're going to get a playoff, actually. They're at the 20, at their own 20, that is. Mahomes on the run, throw across the middle, old reliable again for about 13 more. So uh, two-minute warning, 156 left to be exact. Oh, there's a flag down. All right, I'm still down. Kelsey's having an awful day. Fletcher Fletcher Cox is like giving the Rache Caldwell eyes to the refs. Let's see, personal foul, roughing the passer against Fletcher Cox. I'm going to have to see that replay. That was probably one of those bitch made, he's just a quarterback, so y'all going to give him the call. No, he landed on him probably. You know what I'm saying? All right, I guess we'll see this through to the end. Let's see. Here we go. Let's see. He's hold running, on, running. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, I, okay, now, okay. Now, now I, I'm up. Now I'm up to that play. Okay, I, I see. Want, it. I want to okay. see it. That's a good call. It was just unnecessary. Uh, it looks like like I saw the hit, but it was it was just unnecessary. It was just unnecessary. Um, but yeah, so uh. But I don't know. He's giving like, the call eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, USC, like for me, if I was James Franklin, I'm like, USC, I guess not for me personally, but I guess Notre Dame, you know, would, would be a step up in prestige. It used to be. Yeah, it used to be. Yeah. The name Notre Dame. Like, like what if Dabo, what if Dabo left? And like I, I don't think you would want to follow him. Some of these guys are getting too old. I know as we're getting up there in our own years, you know, my 42 years around the sun. Some of these guys are going to phase out mm-hmm. eventually. I think Franklin kind of has a young look and a young feel, kind of looks like Michael Keegan. Um, did like a little prank team with the Penn State. But a lot of these guys, Dabo, Sweeney, Alabama's winning. So I think they're good to go. Kirby Smart's young. Like I said, I just saw the other day that he got he intercepted Peyton Manning when they were in college. Uh, but I think Nick Saban's – I think Nick Saban's philosophy is relevant and young. And they, they're putting pieces – and he adjusted. They used to be a power run team, mm-hmm. all defense. Now you have – if you get an Alabama wide receiver in the NFL, you're getting the top flight wide receiver. So I think he's he's been able to adapt and adjust. He uses the transfer portal. I think he uses social media connections, the commercials. Dabble Sweeney's not in commercials. James Franklin's not in commercials. It's like how old do you think winning. James Franklin is? If I had to guess, 52. That's pretty good. He's 51. All right, what about Dabo? Dabo is like 56. 54. Look at me. So they, so they so they still got time, you know. They still got some. some but that's time the difference right now. Unless Dabo really don't want to deal with nil. That's the thing is like, because Dion is over fifty. Yeah. Yeah. So Dion. So but Dion. Dion was like, in Dion was in college making rap songs when I was seven. Yeah, like he became my favorite player in the NFL when I was nine. Let's see. Dion is fifty six. So Dion's 56, and the way he uses social media and that connectivity via the social media world to his players and to the fans is way different than Dabo, and Dabo's younger. Mm-hmm. 
So it's just a matter of like, are you thinking old? Are you actually old? Uh, we talked about uh, the Villanova coach, Jay Wright. You know, rumor has it, he said, you know, I don't feel like dealing with the new the new way. Mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with the new way. Whereas, you know, you have a guy like Kirby Smart, like, okay, you could transfer out. I'm Georgia. I haven't lost a game since Trump was president. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get guys to come here. Like, guys are going to want to play here. They're going to want to be Ooh, here. So it's like, we're going up top. We got our stuff. <laughs> I'm letting you catch up to that one. I'm letting you catch up to that one. You're the wor- Yo, I really need to. No, watch this shit, man. Hold on. I'm not even there yet. There's still a Holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah, he hit the hell out of my homes on that that last. They're showing a replay now. Oh my, my god! Stream. No, watch this play. Holy shit, man! Oh my goodness, man! Here we go. I'm watching it. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! <laughs> Oh, Bob Valdez Scantling. Yo. Oh, we got a flag. What's going on here? Yeah, I was like, when I saw that, I was just like, over the top to the. What? <laughs> All right. So you're up. You're that up. Looks like, that looks like the Detroit. Uh, you're, you up. Know. you're up. You're up. You're up. Come on, dog. That hit both hands perfectly. <laughs> And then, of course, on the next play, Mahomes goes intentional grounding. But, yeah, like, when I saw that, like, it made me think about week one all over again and Kadarius Tony dropping off the passes. Oh, why are y'all doing Kansas this? Kansas City did themselves a disservice by not getting by not DeAndre going, Hopkins or, by like. By not get, getting somebody at the trade deadline. It was a clear, it was a clear need that you had. They could have went and got, like, they could have went and got like Lazard or somebody. Like it didn't even have to be like a superstar. Like you know what I mean? Like that's that's the crazy part about it. They could like they could have got Van Jefferson. It would have been better than I don't know. Man, come on! Holy shit, man! Marquez Valdez Scantling. Uh, you know Aaron Rodgers is like even mad right now because they he had tried a to game. like. He tried to pull it in like a baby. It hit his hands and he brought it up to like his shoulder. Because he's not he's not a good receiver. He's not Holy like shit. all right. So here bad. we go, y'all. Fourth and 25. <laughs> yeah. Don't oh. say uh, yeah, we got a timeout now. Uh, but yeah, so like you know, I was <laughs> I was literally just sitting there like this man made me lose everything that was on my mind right now. Like, <laughs> I can't believe this shit. You got to cut him. You got to cut him. You got to You got to You got to And he's inactive. He's no, he, he is proven to be of no use to you. This treat him like a kicker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, like, it's not one of those things where it's like, you know, we'll get, like, no, you can't, nah, like, this is, this is not, this is not quality football from their receiving core. 
Yeah, like I said, this is why they're gonna they're gonna lose in the first round of playoffs. Mark, like I said, already their first playoff game they're gonna lose because none of their wide receivers can make a play. And like I said, to see you a few weeks ago, but look at my face though. Like after the Denver game, I was like, this this team doesn't like I said they were making like the plays they're making. Uh, it's pretty ridiculous. But I, like I said, but look, but look at my I'm face. Not, no, I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at I'm looking at the iPad. I'm doing the Eli. I'll let you be. Well, yeah, you're older than me. Not older. Dude, than you. No, just look at this play, man. Just look at this fucking play. <laughs> I'm so done with this team. Hit him in the hands. <laughs> Fourth and 25, and he was open. Hit him in the hands at Hit him in the hands. Makes no sense. It makes no sense. But, y'all, on that note. <laughs> man, they're going to squander it. They're going to squander. Come on, man. You didn't even get your hands closed. I mean, he was interfered with. Oh, but y'all, he is Mr. Logical. I am 2-5. Oh, that was past interference. Happy Turkey Day. What was it? Uh, nah, you, call it it was you call it Thanksgiving. I call your holiday hell day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but yo, we'll be back next week. Enjoy. Enjoy all the football. And don't forget, there's some basketball going on. There's some hockey going on. There's some I'm soccer going on. That's why I said most solid about that drop. I just can't even about the drop, man. That's a game winning, game changing play at least. And it's like I just can't even believe never it, makes them. Never makes them. I just can't even believe this shit. Man. Yeah, he's a healthy scratch next week. Yeah. But yeah, so we love you, America. Peace. <laughs>